Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Uh, right now, though, we're going to have a conversation about a new report that's just come out um, from University of Toronto. We've talked a lot about the rising cost of food in our country. This report talks about what happened in 2021 and how many Canadians face what's called food insecurity. And the number is shocking. Just shy of 6 million Canadians had trouble putting food on the table in 2021. Worse uh, for us in this part of the world, Albertans far more likely to fall into that category. Um, some troubling numbers to be sure. So let's find out what's going on. We're going to chat with Valerie Teresuk, a professor of nutritional sciences at the U of T's Temerity Fa- Faculty of Medicine. Uh, Valerie, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. So just to define the terms here, we're talking about a survey on food insecurity. So uh, when we say food insecurity, what does that mean for the purposes of this survey? It means inadequate or insecure access to food because of financial constraints. So the experiences that are measured on this uh, survey range from people worrying about running out of food and not having money to buy more through people compromising the quality of what they're eating because they can't afford better food. But the lion's share of the questions relate to quantitative deprivation. So people cutting the size of their meals, skipping meals, or going hungry without eating, all because of a lack of money for food. Nationally, more than 15% of Canadians reporting some kind of food insecurity? Almost 16%. Yeah, it's, it, I know. It's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's absolutely, it really is. And then, you know, when you, when you sort of break it down to what's going on in Canada, in Alberta, it, it jumps up yet again to, to basically one in five Albertans saying that they're, they're facing food insecurity in 2021. That's surprising. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Was it surprising and, and to you? Yes, but this is what we're reporting in this uh, study is three years of data, so 2019, 2020, and 2021. And what's also interesting, I mean, these numbers are high, but they're obviously not a flash in the pan because the rate across the country overall has remained fairly steady across those years at roughly 6 million Canadians living in households that report some level of of concern about food. the numbers in Alberta are concerning, but also, I mean, those numbers are fairly steady, right? Mm-hmm. The, they've, they haven't, um, they've been kind of, they're a little bit higher in 2021 than they were in 2020 and 2019. But, you know, we're talking about not a, a, not a dramatically new story so much as something that we're reporting on now that has been obviously lurking in the background for some time. And you know what we've t- like you know what's going on with the the price of food and the cost yeah. of food in Canada yeah. right yeah. now in 2022 yeah. building yeah. off of 2021 there's got to be a lot of fear about where we are right now Absolutely absolutely I mean we know that the single biggest driver of food insecurity in Canada isn't the price of food it's income right I mean at the end of the day all of the questions that are used to assess this problem in Statistics Canada surveys um, are asking about problems affording food because of a lack of um, money for food. Yeah. And so 
the, the single biggest determinant is, is income, but with the absolutely unprecedented inflation and in food and rent and fuel costs over the last what, few months even, um, it, the costs of living are getting further away from the incomes of the lowest income people in our population. And so, yeah, it's, it's very worrisome to think what will happen in, through 2022 unless we see some very concerted action on the part of our federal and provincial governments. Yeah, absolutely. It cannot have gotten any better by any no, stretch of the no, imagination. No, no it, this is not a problem that's going to fix itself. Right, exactly, right. Yeah. yeah. Do we know why the changes happened specifically when we're talking about Alberta now being at the top of this list? Is there any information as to why that change may have happened over the past few years? Well, I, can, I guess the short answer is no. Um, see, what's interesting in seeing Alberta at the top, it's also important to think about who's at the bottom because Alberta in 2021 is sitting at 20.3%. The low, uh, lowest rate of food insecurity that we've observed is in Quebec, and it's at 13.1%. And for several years now, we've noticed Quebec pulling away from the other provinces and constantly seeing, you know, lower rates in Quebec and Quebec turning out residents in Quebec being a protection against food insecurity when we do more complicated analyses. So I think perhaps one interpretation of what's happened in Alberta is the province hasn't done a particularly good job of looking after its lowest income citizens, and that's showing. And, you know, as the economic circumstances get more challenging, I think without provincial action that really reaches out to the people at the bottom end, mm -hmm. this is what it looks like. And, and as you say, I mean, this can actually, it's a very, very late warning and one they should have picked up on years ago. But when we're yeah. getting into these yeah. kind of levels, it can be a warning to all levels of government that, that we're dropping the ball here. Well, absolutely. And and to go back to Quebec for a minute, the, the dis discrepancy between Quebec and Alberta says you can do better, right? Provincial policies matter. That's, mm -hmm. what, that's what we're seeing when we see drastic differences between the provinces. You know, some might say, well, that's about the economy, but you wouldn't say that as an explanation for Alberta, really, right? <laughs> At least those of us in the rest of Canada wouldn't say, oh, Alberta's, you know, Alberta's struggling because of, uh, you know, because it's not a rich enough province. So the distinction between these provinces really boils down to provincial policy. But you're right. It's provincial plus um, federal because it's even, even with Quebec, where all of, you know, they have very generous child benefits. They have all of their um, income transfers that are administered provincially are indexed to inflation. Right, right. So their population is being protected now to some extent. I'm sure people in Quebec would say it's nowhere, nowhere near enough, but still their population is being protected from these rising costs in a way that Albertans aren't. Eye-opening numbers, Valerie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks very much for your interest in this topic. That's Valerie Teresuk, who is a professor of nutritional sciences at the U of T's Temerity Faculty of Medicine. Now, Global News did reach out to uh, the provincial government to get their take on these numbers, and Community and Social Services Minister Jason Luan sent a statement back saying the government continues to support the province's most vulnerable. He said uh, the government has provided $6 million in funding to support food banks and community organizations. He said Alberta's assured income for the severely handicapped rates are the highest among the provinces. However, it was de-indexed back in 2020, if you remember. So the benefits do not reflect um, what we're seeing in terms of inflation of 10% or 8% uh, so far this year. Uh, he goes on to say we're doing everything we can in order to help families get the support that they need to pay rent, to buy food, to find and keep appropriate housing and care for their loved ones. Overall, Alberta's government 
has committed more than any other province for affordability, with more than $2 billion in relief that includes fuel tax relief, electricity rebates, affordable child care, and a natural gas rebate that will begin this fall. And all of those things certainly will help in some instances and not in others. I mean, that's the thing, right? Uh, if you're talking about uh, a fuel tax relief for somebody who doesn't drive, doesn't make any difference, but it does for some families who, you know, maybe that does make a difference for them. But the numbers are not good. One in five Albertans reporting food insecurity. Six percent of Albertans reporting severe food insecurity. When it gets to that level, that means they're skipping meals, sometimes going days without food. And six uh, percent of Albertans reportedly in that position. So obviously, this should be an eye-opening report. We're, we're, we're not doing the job that we need to do. When you're talking about one in five people in the province uh, having a hard time putting food on the table, that's, that's a number that demands some attention.